Welcome to another episode of Called to Marriage. I'm Marcia. And I'm Thomas. Today we're talking about children, having children. Right, babe? Yep. Yeah, I'm going to call Called to Marriage. So, bem-vindo ao Called to Marriage. Why are you like Called to Marriage? We are Called to Marriage. The first thing that we want to talk about is why have children in the first place. So we want to kind of talk through our notions about having children, our beliefs, and why we think it's important, basically. And <clears throat> the scripture for today is Psalm 127, verse 3, continuing to Psalm 128, verse 4. So from one psalm right into the next. Psalm 127, verse 3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. Psalm 28, verse 1. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. Amen. Amen. So, why have children, my love? What are your slash our thoughts on that? I think it's the will of God, like the Bible says. Children are heritage, and they're heritage from God. And the fruit of the womb is a reward. So to bear children is to be rewarded by God. To bear children is, is to have a gift from God. Just like we value any other gift he gives us. He saves us. He gives us all kinds of gifts, gifts, spiritual gifts, and some physical gifts too. So children fall in that same category and it's it's a blessing to bring another life or to be used to bring another life here on earth i think it's it's a blessing they are truly gifts yeah well <clears throat> we definitely desire to have children and we feel called to have children and we think it's important for married people to have children <laughs> so to me Naturally, there might be some apprehension around having kids. Um, Thomas doesn't really have any, but I sure do as a woman. <laughs> uh, I remember asking my mom for the first time, like, what it was like for her to birth us. And it hurt. What did she tell you? <laughs> she told me it hurt. There's just no, you know, running around the fact that it's a painful experience. There are some women who are blessed to have a rather smooth experience, but for the most part, women experience quite immense pain in childbirth. But, and so actually, um, I'd be lying if I said I was just completely so, you know, gung-ho about labor and delivery. I'm not. <laughs> but I'm not also um, fearful to the point of not wanting to do it. I feel like I just want to jump in and... I think that God made it 
that way on purpose so that you enjoy the process of conceiving. You might not enjoy the process of birthing the child, but that one comes 10 months later. So you conceive first and then you deal with the consequences. <laughs> so I, I, I want to just enjoy conceiving and enjoy the pregnancy to the best of my ability with God's grace and mm -hmm. get to the delivery. And hopefully, you know, I don't know if enjoy can be the right word, but <laughs> mm -hmm. anyway, so I think that women, we women, as much as we might be afraid, but we should push past the fear and see the beauty in childbirth for all the reasons Thomas said and that the scripture said. Truly children are a heritage from the Lord. And speaking of fears, mm -hmm. um, yeah, another fear I also have, and I think this one, you know, goes for both parents that after the child is born, yes, after perhaps you've had a hopefully healthy um, delivery, then there's the matter of raising the child. Parenting is mm. a verb. <laughs> yeah. To parent a child. So I, I believe that God gives grace to parents. I really do. And I'm confident that he'll give us grace as well. But something I want to do different than how I wouldn't say necessarily than how I was raised. I feel like I, all my inhibitions just naturally developed over time. I don't think it was a result of my parents necessarily, but, um, I want to, I want to raise our children to be especially courageous for the Lord, for the Lord. And I hope that I can push past my own fears and not project them onto my children and let them take, you know, calculated risks and let them really be fearless for God and to do his will courageously. That's that's really what I wish for my kids. I want to raise little warriors for my kids, just like the scripture says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. So they're like weapons for the Lord to do his will. That's what I, I desire for my children and what I pray for my children in advance. What about you? Do you have any fears about having children? <laughs> no, I don't. I know. <laughs> yeah, I. There isn't a single thing here on earth that is easy. Mm. Producing food isn't easy. You look at the farmer, and it's it's hard. Doing everything, I can just give a lot of examples. Mining gold, you have to dig down. It's it's not easy. So, bearing children isn't easy too but it's just it's just part of the fabric of life here on earth and living itself isn't easy to be honest <laughs> mm. living just being a human being is isn't easy we are predisposed to a lot of things and of course we have reason to fear we have reason to be scared life is hard life is tough and bearing children certainly falls in that category too so I, I think I, I'm, I'm even blessed. Sometimes when I look at people who have kids, say, in some poor countries, it's like they have no hope, zero hope, nothing. There is no reason why they should be pregnant, first of all. <laughs> and then on top of that, bearing children, it's... It's unimaginable, but it happens. So I personally even think that um, I'm blessed in many ways to have kids. 
And when I look at people like that, I feel like God has really given me the grace to, first of all, be a husband and also care for children, whether they are my biological kids or any kids from anywhere. So I, I believe I have the grace to do that. And that gives me confidence that I, I can do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly, it certainly takes learning. It certainly takes um, talking to the right people and getting the right help. It's not easy, that's it, but it's worth it. That takes out all of my fears, I guess. I don't know anything that um, makes me fearful about having kids. Mm. Yeah. All the reasons that I know actually compel me to have kids. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll add in a scripture, another scripture, which came to mind. In John 16, verse 21, it says, A woman, when she, is in, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. So, actually, Jesus was talking about a lot of stuff. He wasn't really talking about motherhood. It was like in the context of other things. But it's true nonetheless. The words of Jesus himself uh, bearing a child has some anguish in it, but it is a joyful thing and it's a blessing. So that's definitely something that we want to do. And I think all married people should um, really desire to have children. Mm -hmm. I think it is according to God's will to desire to have children, although he's the one who gives them. And we know that not everybody can at different points there may be issues but um can bear them i mean yeah everybody can have children but not everyone can necessarily bear children yeah (laughs) but um yeah so if you're in the camp of people who might not be interested in having children i know there are a lot of things a lot of reasons you can make not to have them but i think you should um consider the scriptures that we shared today food for thought yeah so how about if a person can't bear children? Should that person desire to have children? Or maybe I mean, that's a they, complicated topic. If but. <laughs> bear children, then you mean, is it okay if they adopt or what? Well, I mean. If they can't, then they can't. So the only way they can have children is to adopt. Right. Well, in this day and age, there are other ways, but I think adoption is the best <laughs> but that's my personal opinion. So, yeah, let's talk about adoption because actually, I don't know, to be honest with you, at this time of my life, whether I can have children or not. I haven't tried to have children. So, but whether we can or whether we can't, um, we do, we are interested in adopt, in adopting. So, for yeah, those women definitely. who can't, you know, birth a child um, in their own womb, they can still parent a child by means of adoption. So yeah. let's talk about adoption. You know, adoption is religious. <laughs> I like using words that are countercultural. <laughs> In this day and age, religious is not really, um, it doesn't have a positive connotation anymore. I, I don't know if it had a posi- positive connotation in the past, but at the least I would say it was neutral. It was just, you believe in something, you have beliefs, you believe in God. But nowadays religion is 
synonymous with legalism. <laughs> but the Bible says that true religion is what, babe? <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> I do, but I always leave that one part out, so I thought you could take it this time. <laughs> I leave out the most important, I think. Re- true religion is this. True religion is caring for widows and orphans and keeping oneself unspotted from the world. Yeah. So if you want to be religious in God's eyes, keep yourself unspotted from the world, take care of widows and take care of orphans. That's God's will for us. So it's good to desire children. And even if you can't bear them, I think you should consider adoption because I think that's what God calls us to do. Care for people who don't have mothers, who don't have fathers. Mm -hmm. So adoption is something that we're interested in. And let's talk about our timeline first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we so, definitely want to have kids. But mm-hmm. Why aren't we having kids now? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> we're all like, we're talking about kids, and yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't even, we've been married for almost two okay. years. And why aren't we, we pregnant? <laughs> marriage, marriage should produce kids. So why aren't you guys producing kids? That's a great question. That is a great question. <laughs> it's slightly complicated, but it's simple. At the same time. So it's I feel like it's complicated in light of what we said, but it doesn't have to be. I think um we are we are open at any time to have children. If the Lord would have us to conceive now, we would accept obviously, joyfully, and we would be happy. And we wanna have kids now, but to the best of our ability, we wanna handle the matter responsibly because it is serious and you are a parent for a lifetime. It's not something you can take back. Yeah. So as much as possible, you want to kind of go into it prepared, just like we came into our marriage as prepared as we could in any other serious decision of life. So we didn't rush into it. Um, and then by the time we were ready, we were kind of like, well, we've got one more year in China. So this is our final year in China. And we don't want to be pregnant at an unstable time of our lives, ideally. So we've got like a long flight home when we're ready, uh, when we're moving at the end of the school year. And we're moving. We're not just traveling home for the summer. So we've got a lot of work to do. It might be stressful trying to Mm -hmm. figure out how to pack things up around here and then take that long journey home. I don't want to do that pregnant. And I don't want to do it with a small child. So um, we want to, we'd prefer to be pregnant once we return home and things are kind of more stable. And also, ideally, I would love to just kind of have a check from a gynecologist and just see how things are. Um, Because we do do yearly checkups here in China to keep our visas, but it's kind of like a routine physical. They don't really check, um, let's say, your female parts, you know, like your cervix and stuff like that. So if I want to you know, have a check as it relates to having a child, I'd have to go out of my way, like preventative care and like regular routine checkups and those matters are not really um, common, I guess. And as a foreigner, I guess I'm just waiting till I get home because like I said, we've got less than a year left. So when I go home, that would be another thing I would love to do before I get pregnant, but that's just an ideal. I don't mind being pregnant without checking, but if I had an opportunity, I would love to um, just get checked out before because I've been through a lot here, <laughs> even mm-hmm. though it's not, I don't feel, 
I have um, something serious or something chronic, but at the same time I have, well, it could be chronic. I don't know. But at the same time, I've had certain discomforts in the stomach area that make me feel like I would, I'd feel comfortable, more comfortable if I got checked out. So yeah, we're waiting. How are we waiting? (laughs) (laughs) How are we waiting? So we're, um, not using any form of birth control, pill, hormonal, anything like that. We're just doing it the natural way. Um, but we are using a device to help us. It's called the Lady Comp. Shout out to the Lady Comp. I would recommend it to anybody um, who's sexually active. <laughs> um, doesn't mess with your hormones or anything. It, it, it works basically as like a thermometer. And but it's a computer device. So when you take your temperature, it also stores all the information about you. And then when you take your temperature, it tells you you're fertile, you're maybe fertile, or you're not in your fertile <laughs> time of your menstrual cycle. So and there aren't too many maybes. The green, the yellow days are like two in the month. So <clears throat> it's mostly red and green. So it's very clear, easy to follow. And you can actually do this with just like a basal thermometer and a calen- and a notebook and stuff. I don't know. There's a whole book. I can't remember the name of the book, but I did a lot of research on YouTube about natural, natural, you know, family planning methods and stuff. And there are other ways that are less expensive than the lady comp because it is a little expensive, but I think it's a worthy investment because I'll use it for all my fertile years. It's lasted. I don't see why it should, shouldn't last me. It's just a computer. I just have to change out the batteries and keep using it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's worked perfectly, by the way, flawlessly for people who might be skeptical of how it works or its effectiveness. I'd say it's as effective as any other birth control method and much safer. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we're just counting our cost. Mm-hmm. It's it's important to desire to have kids. Like I said, it's it's actually a privilege mm-hmm. to be fertile and to be able to have kids and all that. But it's also important to count your cost. Mm, yeah, that's it's, a good way of putting it. You know, in, in Luke 14, Jesus talks about denying yourself and carrying your cross. And he gave some examples that which of you would start building a house I'm, I'm just paraphrasing which of you will start building a house and not calculate how much it's going to cost to build the house mm. and will start building it and then you get to, to the middle of it and you have no money left to finish the house and mm-hmm. then you stop and everyone is going to mock you <laughs> mm-hmm. because you didn't prepare you didn't mm-hmm. count your costs you didn't even know how much it was going to cost you to build the house mm-hmm. and then he also said which of you going to a wall Say you have a thousand soldiers and you're going to face ten thousand soldiers, and would you not rather reach out to the other king and maybe settle the ma- the matter in, um, by way of just discussion? You know that it can beat you hands down. You have a thousand men; the other man has ten thousand men. So it would be wise to reach out to the other king on the other side to see you know, if we can find another way of resolving this without going um, to war. So I think that's how life is. And Christianity itself is like that. Mm-hmm. You want to count your cost. You don't want to just jump into it because you think it's all going to be good. You think 
God is going to bless you. You're not going to have problems. You're going to be <laughs> living in happiness. You're going to be always smiling. No, it's not like that. So counting your cost doesn't mean that all is going to be well with you before you take the step. Counting your cost is being aware of the things that you might encounter. And that's, that's important. So in, in this season of our lives, I would say that would be getting wisdom about having kids, mm-hmm. asking questions, speaking to other couples who've had kids, yep. how it happened, what they went through, what they're going through now. And then in doing so, we, we take notes and then we bring it into our discussions. We talk about it and we envision a little bit, make a little plan or this is how it's going to be for us. This is our current state. If we were to have a kid, this is how it's going to be and all that. It is not for you to completely arm yourself and not have any troubles. No, it is to put your mind in the right direction, in the right frame, to be ready to have the baby. Mm -hmm. So that when it happens, you have the wisdom to deal with it. Yeah, so that's that's where we are now. So we we are in China. We we are thinking it would be nice to be settled in a lot of ways, and then we can take this step. However, having all the wisdom around us that we have, we are also open. If it happens right now, we would not be found wanting. We would not be like, oh no, we don't know what to, how, what to do with this. What do we do? In other words, we wouldn't begin talking to people after we become pregnant, even while we are not pregnant now, we are talking to people, knowing that it can happen anytime. So that's that's important. And I think God is leading us. We are taking the right steps. Well said, my love. So how many kids do we want to have? Well, let me tell you, I, I come from a small family. And when I was, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and I come from a big family. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things, and this is not me just projecting, you know, things that I lacked into my marriage and all that. I think it's beautiful. It's part of God's design for families to dwell together like that. Yeah, I, I had a small family. I only have one sister. People say I shouldn't say only. Okay, I have, I have one sister. And I didn't even live with my sister when I was growing up. So you can imagine what my household was like. And I lived with a single parent, my mom. So uh, it, was, it wasn't the best. I can tell you from experience. I, I definitely want a family. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want a big family. So we're thinking of having at least, at least <laughs> four. Oh, really? <laughs> that answer <Yeah>. changed. <laughs> I mean, four, including kids that we're going to adopt and all that. Yeah, I know, but I thought you said three to four before. Or maybe you were talking about only the children we would birth. Yeah, only the children we would birth should oh, be okay. at least three. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Good, yeah, I don't disagree. I'm not really convicted <laughs> about that. It's something that I've thought through and also prayed through. I, mm. I believe I'm built for that. And my wife certainly is also built for that. And she, she comes in with all the experience of having a big family and all that. And I come in with a will to <laughs> <laughs> father a big family. And Aww. the 
conviction and the calling to do so. So I think it's it's good. Well said, my love. Yeah. Yep, I've got five brothers and sisters, and my mom was very much a hospitable person, blessed and gifted to be so. Yep. We've always had extra people living in the house, and I always thought from a young age that, number one, I would have a lot of kids, and that, number two, I would also have extra, an extra person at least in my home. I don't know if over the course of our entire time, but certainly for some time, I think it's just good. I love how she helps people, and I really don't think I even have the same heart she has. Well, maybe same heart, but maybe not same strength and diligent spirit that she has, and I think you I don't know. She's it. good. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for because I, I admire her a lot and I don't see myself there, but my heart wants to be there and I'm going to put myself in a position to help people and put myself in a position to be selfless even when it's hard because that's what I, I think is God's will for our lives and I feel a sense of purpose as it relates to serving others in that way, caring for people, having extra people in the house. I, I love it. So... <laughs> I just had an image of my because I'm not there yet like um in personality or whatever I just imagined like my sisters listening to this and be like <laughs> no no I don't think that's you <laughs> but it's me okay I'm telling you my heart not what you see on the outside <laughs> I'll grow into it like Thomas said yeah and, and no I'm playing I don't know what they would say I just certainly don't have funny the same thought. experiences your mom <laughs> what your mom went through at your age, mm-hmm. isn't what you're necessarily going through. She Not had, at all. She at some point had to take care of her own siblings and mm-hmm. all that, and you are not her. Yeah, and she's that, a firstborn. She's so, got the firstborn blessing in terms of caring for others. Exactly. Life gives us different ways of growing up. Mm-hmm. It may not happen the way it happened for your mom, but you can still be a, a diligent mom. And I think even now that we don't have kids, you're doing well. Oh, thanks. It's a process. Mm -hmm. And sometimes responsibility is what draws out the best in us. Mm -hmm. You never know what you're capable of until you are being called to be responsible. And that's the only option you have. Yeah, so I I believe strongly that you, you can do it. Thanks, babe. Yeah. I've been living my whole life. Learning every single thing I've learned. And even now, every single thing that I'm learning, every skill that I'm acquiring, I've been doing all of that just to be a husband and a father. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's the biggest part of my life. It's like what a lot of things in my life revolve around. It's at the center of my calling. So for me, having kids would be an exciting thing. And no matter how challenging it's going to be, it's, I know it's my life. That's what I need to lay for. It's, whether it's hard, whether it's... I'm just built for that. I, there's, I, I can't say it in any other way. It is what I have to do. Mm. That's what I need to use my life for. Oh, my gosh. Random other fear for me is breastfeeding. That's off topic, but I thought of another fear, and that's a real fear that I have. (laughs) But again, I'm going to deal with it when it comes. I've heard breastfeeding can be extremely painful, and I've witnessed firsthand women suffering trying to breastfeed their children at, at first. I know it gets better, but I'm kind of afraid of that initial pain. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, it's so funny how... (laughs) This is our second time recording this. 
<laughs> and the first time it was so long we were we like no we have to do this again <laughs> and it's hilarious how it's like one third of the time that it was <laughs> the first yeah. time we did it <laughs> let's go to takeaways all right so hmm, i didn't think about it let me think what are my takeaways from this episode Ah, uh, thankfulness. The whole podcast is about thankfulness to God. So thankfulness that the Lord uses us for miracle work. When you think about having children, really, it's a miracle to bring a child into the world. So I'm thankful that God made me who I am. I'm thankful even in the midst of, you know, the difficulties of being a woman. It's not easy having a period every month. Like, it's not easy going through hormonal, hormonal changes and whatever and carrying a child for 10 months perhaps and none of it is easy but it's worth it and I'm thankful that God has made us able to do miraculous things um including parenthood parenthood is really also a miracle <laughs> like you raise a child and the child should grow up to be independent and you know be a good person and love the Lord and have faith and I don't know, whatever you, however you're raising your child, but <laughs> that's how I want to raise my child. And if that child turn, turns out to be a child who loves the Lord and who is courageous, like we were talking about earlier, man, I can just only give credit to God. That's a miracle that God himself does, I think, is to train up a child and raise up a child in his own will. Yeah. Food for thought about, you know... The significance of having children and methods of birth control. I know that other methods can be um, successful too. I know people personally who, you know, have used hormonal birth, birth control pills or other methods and have had children without any issues. And I thank God. Um, but I do think. If you don't have to interfere with your body's natural processes in order to plan for a child, I would say that that would be probably the ideal. And so as somebody who's experienced that, that's a takeaway I want to give for whoever's listening that you should really look into it if you haven't. And also about having children and the significance of having children. If you're someone who feels like you don't desire to have children, and you should also look into that as well. Look into your own heart, examine yourself and ask tough questions. Why is it that you don't want to have children? You're married, you are fertile, <laughs> you have no biological issues, you you might not be rich, but you have you make do for yourself and you and your husband and for your home, the two of you. So why not have a child? Look into yourself. Is there selfishness there? Is there fear? Whatever it is, you should put it before God and and just consider. Yeah. I think those are my takeaways. Hopefully I didn't steal them all. But I know you think differently than me. I'm sure you have more. <laughs> well, I this is how I think about it. I I think there is a process that God has created into life here on earth and if you choose not to get married there is another process but if you choose to go on the route of marriage there is an inbuilt process that God um, has established in life and they this is how I see it I see a 
process, a lifelong process of losing oneself. In other words, living not for yourself alone. So marriage is one. When you think about getting married, it's like you want to serve someone. You want to share a part of your life, really your whole life. And then you go to the next step of having a child. And now both of you met and you had to, you know, live sacrificially and love each other with all your weaknesses and your flaws. And then it's like you take another step where this time both of you are going to dedicate your lives to the needs of another member of the family. That is living right where you're living. So if you think about before getting married, you're a single man or a single woman. And then you get married and you start sharing your space with another human. And you're giving a part of yourself away. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be selfless. You have to be sacrificial. You develop all these virtues. And then God takes it a step further. That have another kid. I mean, have a kid. Have another being inside the house. And this time, both of you haven't learned how to live sacrificially. Serve that kid. Or serve those kids. So it's like, it's, it's a process. And it's part of the... Um, sanctification process of God. It's part of God's process of making us bear his image, making us like his son, Christ Jesus. And so we together at some point in our lives are going to be called to practice the sacrificial life that we've been living, which is serving each other. We're going to take all of that into parenting. And the marriage is, of course, going to be there. That's how the family started. But it's like another level of growth where we have to live for our children. And then it goes on. I, I always say this, even when one's children have children. So, I mean, parents now begin to care about their grandchildren. And that's another level. So it's like mm-hmm. you start like that and you go and you go. It's like an endless process of losing yourself away and most, if not all, of the decisions you tend to make are to cater for your kids and at some point your grandkids. And if God blesses you even more and keeps you here on earth, maybe your great grandkids. Mm-hmm. So it's like that. It's like that. And throughout the chain, what you see as you grow here on earth is how much you've given yourself away. When you, when I, I can imagine parents looking at their children and having vivid memories of when they carried them in their wombs and they birthed them and they watched over them grow into the men and women that they are now. And it's like a perfect picture of your sacrificial living here on earth. And that's the most intimate, that's the closest a man or a woman can get. Of course, you can serve others outside, but I think God has made it such that we have someone close to us enough to have reason to be more like him, to have reason to be challenged, to to be drawn out of ourselves and lose ourselves and become more like him. And I I, I see that process playing out. And now that we are thinking about having kids, our conversation has begun to change. Before we used to talk about how to serve each other and we've we've gone through some processes we've talked about taking care of the home and forgiving each other and it's not going to another level 
which is, oh, we, we want to have children. We want to care. And once we have children, we are going to be called to work with everything that we've learned. So it's, it's, it's nice. That's my observation. And it's, it's really beautiful how God has designed it. And anyone who takes advantage of that and walks in that path would definitely have the grace to be sanctified and be more like God. Yeah. That was wonderful. We'll end with the end of Psalm 128, which I omitted earlier, but now it seems fitting out of what Thomas said. So Psalm 128, verses 5 and 6. The Lord bless you out of Zion, and may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel, and peace be upon you, whoever you are, who are listening to this podcast. We love you. Until the next one, think about having children. (laughs) If you're married. (laughs) Yeah, God bless you guys.